Hello and welcome to the Yarniacs podcast. This is episode number 144, which we're recording early on Monday, June 19th, 2017. I'm Gail. And I'm Charlene. And we have a special guest on the podcast today. We are very excited and honored to introduce Andrea Mowry. Hi, everybody. How are you? Good. How are you guys? We are doing very well. Doing really good. It's summer in Santa Cruz, so it's just a happy, warm season out there. And for anybody who is not familiar with your name, Andrea is the brilliant designer behind Find Your Fade, the shawl that has gone viral among many other shawls and sweaters and accessories and some beautiful, beautiful designs. Yes, actually, as of today, there were three of Andrea's designs on the front first page of the Hot Right Now and Ravelry, the Find Your Fade that Gail just mentioned, the Very Large Shawl, the So Faded Pullover Sweater, and the Free Your Fade Shawl, which is a a smaller shawl, but still large. It's still large, (laughs) and I know because I just finished one yesterday. Oh, great. Yeah, it's beautiful. I'm so happy with it. But if you don't know, Andrea also has many other designs on Ravelry. She has other shawls, hats, sweaters. She has a whole category for hands and a category for feet. So there's lots of things out there. And we'll put a link to her designer page in the show notes for you to take a look. And you also design for multiple sizes because the So Faded sweater also comes in children's sizes, correct? Yeah. Yep. That's correct. That's what I thought. That's right. That Actually, that one was in the hot right now, too. Yeah, pint size. Yes. So you have four like, designs yeah. in hot right now, right now. That's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, I think. <laughs> I, I remember I saw that one, and then I forgot to go back and write that one down, too. So thank you for correcting me. <laughs> All right. So we're going to do a couple of our normal segments, and then we'll get into some questions and answers with Andrea. So what are you stocking lately, Charlene? I have one thing that I am stocking today, or very recently. It is a free pattern in the latest edition of Knitty Magazine. It's a cowl by Martina Beam called Volkig, and it is a very easy knit-in-the-round cowl. In fact, if you look at the pattern, there's a setup row, and then there's a row that you repeat Till the end of the cow, you're done. Oh, nice! So basically, it's a one-row pattern. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> or it's knit in the rounds. So I should say one round, but there's one, one round, one line of instructions that you just repeat over and over and over, which makes it great travel knitting, carry around knitting for your purse, that kind of thing. Summertime knitting. Summertime knitting, exactly, because you won't have such a large project sitting on your lap during these warm summer months. (laughs) So I thought that was great. It's kind of interesting to look at because it's done with increases and then a purl three together, and it creates a biased fabric that's knit in the round. So it's very cool. It's very pretty. I I saw that when it first came out as well, and I thought, oh, that looks like a a cool knit. It's a very cute little finished object cowl. Yeah, it is. 
So how about you, Gail? What are you stalking? Well, first I wanted to let Andrea and everybody listening know that Nani, the bird, is outside of her cage today. So if you hear all the scuffling in the background, that's Nani. She's she's joining us for the podcast. I think she knows now that when I arrive, it means that we're going to sit here and talk and she wants to be part of the fun. Yes. So Boo the cat is in the room so that Nani can be out enjoying the podcast. That's true. And Andrea, let's actually ask you first. What are you stalking lately? Yeah, um, so I'm always stalking indie yarn dyers. Ah, <laughs> um, nice. Yeah, <laughs> and usually on Instagram, that's like my favorite thing to do when I have a free minute as I peek through Instagram and see if I can find any new dyers or what my favorite dyers are doing. And a couple new ones that I've new to me that I've really been loving lately is um, Kindred Red is a really great one. She's actually in California. Um, and then my usual faves like Republic of Wool and yeah, every week they do updates. So I'm always seeing if they have new colorways and what I need to snag for my stash. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. Kindred Red. I had not heard of that yet. I have. Oh yeah. She's fabulous. Check her out. Okay. And I do appreciate that in your designs, you so often use indie yarn dyers for your designs, which is great. It's so inspiring. And Charlene and I have talked a lot about, you know, independent businesses and small businesses and things like that over the years that it's just really nice to see designers who are small business owners themselves supporting other small business owners. Yeah, that's really important to me, especially a lot of them are also, you know, young moms and they're supporting their families with that. And that's really cool. Yes, I agree. And you just mentioned Republic of Wool. Will you Mm -hmm. tell everybody who's listening about the Free Your Fade shawl and how that is connected to Republic of Wool? Yeah, so um, the dyer behind Republic of Wool is Michelle. And she's been, she was one of my first introductions really into those fun kind of variegated and speckled yarns. And um, I was lucky enough to get to hang out with her last time I was in Portland. And so when I wanted to do a new faded shawl design that would maybe be a little more approachable and adaptable for everybody, I contacted her and asked, you know, can you help? You know, I want to use your yarn for this next design. And do you have any, you know, color ideas? So as I started designing it, um, Michelle ended up being diagnosed with an issue with her eyes. Um, Basically, it's a type of glaucoma, and um, it's it's pretty serious, and it's really scary. And so I, for the first week that the shawl was out, I donated 15% of the sales because she has to, she had to have a procedure, and she's actually going to have to have another one. Um, And it was really amazing. People really rallied around it, and um, we actually, her good friend Mara started a GoFundMe, so a lot of people supported Michelle through the GoFundMe, and then through the little sale I did for it, and we were able to really help Michelle with her medical costs, and now we're just all crossing our fingers that the doctors are able to help her out. I agree. And I saw that right up on the Free Your Fade pattern page the mm-hmm. day it came out, which is the reason I bought it right away. Yeah. And, yeah. Thank you. Oh, happy to help in any way. Is the GoFundMe link still live on that pattern page? 
Yes, I have it on the pattern page, and then I would have to go look. I know that Mara, who is Orange Knits on Instagram, she had it linked in her profile. So okay. it might still be in there. But, um, but yeah, I'll always leave it on my pattern page for as long as it exists. Okay, I just wanted to make sure that listeners knew that and yeah. knew where they could yeah. find that. Yeah. So Yeah, yeah, that's really, that's really kind. And so... Other indie dyers, I know that with the so faded sweater, I have seen so many beautiful combinations of kit colors for that sweater. Mm -hmm. So that and the find your fade kits, and I'm sure there are free your fade kits. I haven't been on Instagram very much lately, so I haven't seen yeah. those. I'm sure they're out there. <laughs> they are. Yeah, beautiful options. And my, I just finished my free your fade, and I used um, three of my favorite indie dyers mm -hmm. for my for your fate. So it seemed appropriate. Yay. So, and I am stalking something actually, and it's an Andrea pattern and that was completely not planned. So <laughs> when the, the new Brooklyn Tweed, is it, was it winter people or Brooklyn Tweed? I'm not sure which collection that just came out last week. You have a beautiful sweater in that collection called Ronin, right? Is that how yeah, it's yeah, that's right. It is beautiful. And I saw it when all of those patterns came out. I saw it in Hot Right Now, and I thought, that is such a pretty, snuggly, awesome sweater. And I went off, and I started looking at it, and I started looking at my stash and thinking what could work for it. And then I thought, oh, I wonder who designed this. And I saw it was <laughs> Everybody's going to think this was planned, and it completely was not planned. It just happened to be that it was one of your designs. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. It's very pretty. So that's uh, looking like it's something yeah. that could possibly become a winter project for me because I have, yeah. some, speaking of small businesses, I have some thin wool that I ordered from a small farm on the East Coast that has been waiting for the perfect project. And if I can make that yarn work with the gauge it will be that sweater. Nice. It's nice. a natural, beautiful, soft wool that's just been waiting and waiting for the perfect project. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I hope it works out for you. It's I a very so cozy too. sweater. It looks so cozy and it perfect. Does. It's a beautiful sweater. Yeah. All right. And what have you been knitting, Charlene? I've still got the two, two projects going. The Holy Comfort, which is a open cardigan by Jutta von Hinterstein. And that one, I've gotten much further than last time when we recorded. I've actually finished my sleeves last night Yay! after having to re-knit part of a sleeve twice. So it wasn't quite three sleeves knit, but it was two and a half. She was I almost in the three sleeve almost club. Almost to the three almost. sleeve club. <laughs> <laughs> the pattern as written has pearl rows in the stockinette, so almost textured stripes is right. what I should say textured stripes and it also ha as written has three of the textured stripes on the sleeves which I knit the first sleeve on the upper arm of the sleeve it's about near the elbow okay kind of so, an odd placement well you can okay. put them anywhere you want okay. really but I knit it as written and then the second sleeve I realized that I had missed the spot to put these textured rows in and then I just kept knitting because I thought well I'll see which sleeve I liked better turns out I liked the plain stockinette sleeve better so I ripped back the first sleeve to get rid of the pearl rows 
So it's all good. <laughs> so you only had to rip back to where the pearl rose yeah. began and yeah. read it from there. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Wasn't so that's sleeve. why I said it wasn't quite three sleeves, Got it. two and a half or so. But I've finished my sleeves and I stopped working on it last night because I realized I needed to try it on in the light of day, see how long it is, and figure out how much longer I wanted it to be and work work out how much of the pattern I want in it and then how big the edging is going to be at the bottom. Okay. And with my very little yarn that I have left, make sure I have enough to finish. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm sure I have enough to finish. It's just where I want to do everything how how big of the edging I want that kind of thing Got and it. how how much further I do with the go with the textured pattern so that'll all work out and then I also have my divi which is the poncho by jumper cables on the needles again my podcast knitting yeah. <laughs> easy easy and what have you been knitting lately Andrea um, I have been knitting, I always have at least one shawl on my needles. So right now I have two. I just bound one off the other night. Um, and I'm working on like three new sweater designs right now too. So lots oh, of, I'm really appropriate for summer, large shawls and sweaters. <laughs> Excellent. Charlene and I both got big smiles on our faces when you said the new sweater designs yes. are in the works. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> We knit a lot of shawls, but we we both I think are garment heart garment knitters at heart. Yes, we are. Yeah, yeah. we are. Yeah, we've okay. always got sweaters on the needles. Yep. And I am actually swatching right now for the colors of fall knit along that we're doing, which is funny because this podcast will come out about a month after the knit along has started, but people will hear that I'm swatching for it. But I am swatching for the Veronica pullover top from Coco Knits, which defies oh, description beautiful. it's kind of a very oversized almost poncho like pullover so i'm swatching for that with a very very lightweight cotton wool blend yarn that will be perfect for a summer knit and i started some baby knits yesterday because one of my coworkers who it's one of those situations where do you call this person a coworker or do you call this person a friend i think he's more of a friend than a coworker but i just found out that he and his wife are having a baby in Fun. october so i'm knitting things frantically so that yeah, i can mail them great. from france because they live in the uk and it's much less expensive to mail them there than it oh, is to mail while them you're on from vacation. here exactly yeah. so yeah. doing some strategic planning there yeah. Before we get into question and answers with Andrea, I wanted to thank our sponsor for the month of July, Neighborhood Fiber Company, who we talk about on a very regular basis. Neighborhood Fiber Company is a small, hand-dyed yarn company specializing in vibrant, saturated colors inspired by urban landscapes. Founded in a basement apartment in Washington, D.C. nearly 11 years ago, Neighborhood Fiber Company is now located in a historic firehouse in Baltimore, Maryland. In keeping with their commitment to social justice, Neighborhood Fiber Company is currently celebrating their summer of giving. During the months of June, July, and August, Neighborhood Fiber Company is donating 10% of online and in-store sales to various local, national, and international charities. For the month of July, Neighborhood Fiber Company is putting their support behind climate change through donations to the Natural Resources Defense Council and the Maryland Chapter of the League of Conservation Voters. 
For more information about these charities, the Summer of Giving, and Neighborhood Fiber Company, please visit their website at neighborhoodfiberco.com. Thanks, you guys at Neighborhood Fiber Company. You're always so sweet, so supportive, and we just love your yarns. We love their yarns, and right now one of my favorite shirts is actually a Neighborhood Fiber Company t-shirt. The Unity t-shirt? <laughs> yes. Yep. I have one too. Yes. Uh, I keep thinking I need to get a short sleeve one for the summer. Yeah, but we have the long sleeve hoodie version, which is but, a which little is bit Which is my warm. favorite. I, I, I like anything that's a hoodie. Yeah, so. we're kind of addicted to those. All right, so Andrew, we had some questions for you. We're curious yeah. first, what got you inspired to start designing knitwear? Yeah, so basically I used to be a pastry chef and I also used to do hair. So I've always worked with my hands and in kind of creative endeavors. And when I was pregnant with my daughter, I left my job as a pastry chef to come home and be a stay-at-home mama. And I think I just finally had the time and the space in my life to kind of think about designing some knitting patterns. And, you know, going down to a single income, I didn't want to have to feel bad about buying yarn. I get that. <laughs> so, yeah, I understand. Yeah, yeah it's like that. I was talking to my husband. I was like, I just want to be able to, like, sell a few patterns and maybe then I can justify buying more yarn. And so I started with a hat pattern and some mittens. Um, and I just loved it. It was, I didn't realize when I came home to be a stay at home mother, how much I would miss working and how that really was so, um, so much part of my identity. So when I began designing knitting patterns, it's like I found myself again. And so it started as I want to support my hobby very quickly turned into a new full blown career. <laughs> wow. Good for you yeah. for saying that, because I think a lot of us who have been stay at home moms or still are, I think that's yeah. true in some ways. And I think some people either struggle to admit it to themselves or yeah. I don't know there's some there's a lot of identity built into that and I'm, it's nice to hear someone say it so so frankly so thank you for yeah. that yeah 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 absolutely I think it I, it's I think that it really isn't talked about much exactly and so it can be really shocking <laughs> when you're in it because you have this picture in your head and then you're in it and you're like whoa this is different than I expected <laughs> yeah and I've yeah. kind of lost myself and I think a lot of women that I know are surprised by how isolated you feel I mean it's a very different thing if you're used to going and working with people every day mm -hmm. right and then everything's yeah. suddenly baby talk yeah there are yes. no adults around yeah I remember right. it well yeah. yeah, and even going grocery shopping, you just want to talk to another An adult. adult. Exactly. <laughs> talking to the checkout clerk, you know. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I totally understand. My boys are both teenagers now, but it doesn't feel like it was that long ago. Yeah, so. yeah. exactly. <laughs> and how long have you been knitting? Well, my grandma taught me when I was little, so I think I was somewhere between seven and nine years old when she taught me and um but I picked it up again as a teenager right around 17 and that's when the obsession began and I was like this is so fun and it's all I want to do yeah. um so I've been obsessively knitting now for going on 17 years wow yeah. <laughs> I like that obsessively knitting. Yes. I, I always yes. think of it as knitting with a capital K. I've been a knitter. For <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. 
that is when I started putting it on my resume in my early 20s. So ah, <laughs> I like that. I yeah. didn't I didn't yeah. think of that. I could put that on my resume too. <laughs> yeah, I actually got a job as a baker that way because the owner of the bakery was also a knitter. And she's like, I just love that you included that under your skills. <laughs> that nice. is a good story too. That is great because I wouldn't yeah. have thought to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so how do you start a design for one of your shawls, do you pull out colored pencils and sketch? Do you swatch? Does it start with a shape or a yarn? What inspires you? Yeah, so I do a lot of sketching. I always have probably at least three notebooks on me everywhere I go. I love pens and notebooks, so I have a lot of them. And um, I actually have my favorite pen. It's called Frixion, and oh, yeah. I love the four-color one. So you I, have I one. know exactly which pen yeah. you're talking about. <laughs> They're so good. So I also have, like, five of these so that I can put them in all of my project bags and the different bags I carry. But so I love that it's four colors. So I actually sketch with this because it's an erase for anyone who doesn't know Frixion is an erasable yes. pen that it erases the ink with friction and it actually erases the ink. Like it really is erasable. It, I would agree with that. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's amazing because it, the little rubber tip isn't like yeah. a normal eraser. A normal it doesn't eraser. Leave eraser yeah. crumbs. It doesn't leave eraser right. crumbs, right? Yes. It just rubs yep. it away. It's very cool. Yeah, it's really cool. So those are my favorite things to have around. I do sketch with pencil once. So that's how I do all my rough sketches. I carry around notebooks so that whenever I have an idea, which will happen at the most random times. Um, <laughs> I So that way I kind of just do a really rough sketch with that. And then... If I need a nicer sketch, then I'll usually do that with, like, my proper graph paper book and a pencil. Um, but, so, yeah, I always sketch out a little something just to even kind of, uh, so I don't forget everything. Because <laughs> being a mother of two young children, you forget everything really quickly. Yes. And <laughs> then, um, yeah, for shawls, I usually immediately break out my needles and yarn and kind of decide on my colors, what colors are inspiring me. A lot of times there's a shape I want to try or that I know is going to work the best with the stitch pattern I'm using. So um, different stitch patterns really work well with certain shapes. Uh, not that those rules can't be broken, but a lot of times I'll crave a stitch pattern and I'm like, oh, this will work great in this shape. And um, or if I want a particular bind off, some work better with a crescent shawl because of that round edge um, gives you a little more space mm -hmm. to kind of do a fun bind off than maybe a traditional triangle shawl. Right. And yeah, I actually don't swatch a lot for shawls unless I'm trying to figure out a new um, stitch pattern mm -hmm. or I'm trying to create a new stitch pattern and I need to make sure it works. Otherwise, I think that's why shawls are one of my happy places because I'll just <laughs> You know, it's like they need to be drapey and I know enough to know this is about what I'm going to get and it doesn't have to fit anyone perfectly. Yes. <laughs> the gauge is more flexible, you know, than a garment. So a lot of times with shawls, I'll just kind of pick up my needles and go. Yeah, I totally understand that. That's part of yeah. the fun of shawls. You yeah. can try yeah. so many new things without worrying about 
how it's going to fit or yep. if you change the needle size or if you change the gauge, how it's going to change the numbers. You can yeah. usually get something that still resembles a shawl, even yeah. if you change yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, all you have to be able to do is wrap it around your neck. So if yes. you've got enough fabric, you're good. And exactly. They, I always think of them as a blank canvas. It's really, they're so playful. Yes. That's a good word. Yeah. It's a very good yes. way to describe it. Blank canvas. And I'm curious too. So, there are so many trends with shawl designs and right now it seems to be big shawls and you seem to be one of the pre-runners in the big shawls. I mean, your, your yoga shawl, your own shawl, the finder yeah. fade are all really big shawls. You know, they're, they're like blanket slash shawl, like combinations. Yeah. What inspired you to go big like that? You know, um, for like the yoga shawl and the ohm shawl, they had to be big for because of the buttons and the buttonholes on them and all the different ways you can wear them. So those kind of had to be sizable. Um, whereas find your fade, I so that shawl started off as what I call a creativity experiment where I just wanted to do what I wanted to do. And I really didn't put any restrictions on myself. So I just knit that shawl for as long as I wanted to. And that's where it ended up. I mean, I remember when I blocked it, I was like, wow, this is big. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's so lightweight that it's really wearable. I, I have a lot of people in warmer climates say, oh, I live in a warmer climate. I don't know if this is going to be too hot. And it's like, to be honest, I wore that in the summer. I never had a problem because it's so lightweight. Hmm. Um, but yeah, and I always, when I first started knitting shawls, I just found like one of my pet peeves is when a shawl pops off my shoulders. Like mm -hmm. if I'm wearing like a triangle shawl and one of the wing edges pops from the front to the back, like it keeps falling off. That just drives me bonkers. So I really like a long wingspan. I just think that they're easier to wear. Um, so yeah, I guess I just, I like a big shawl. I'd rather have it be too big than too little. <laughs> yeah, it's, you're right. They do stay in place much better if there's more fabric yeah. to wrap around yeah. the neck. I totally agree. It's kind of like yeah. some sweater designs that just won't stay on your shoulders and keep falling off the back. It's the same idea yeah. that just drives me crazy. So I'm yeah, with and you I on that. Yeah, you, you know, you won't wear it then. No, exactly. Because it'll just be annoying. Yep, exactly. Yep. Yeah. And so you said that you don't swatch much. What about for your sweater designs? How do what inspires your beautiful sweaters? Thank you. Um, I absolutely swatch for my sweaters and hats. <laughs> pretty much everything but shawls. Um, but a lot of times I'll I have a few like in my closet that I really love that I find oh I grab for this sweater again and again. And so I've learned the silhouettes that I seem to like the best. Um, obviously that changes through the years, but, um, that's kind of taught me a lot. And then I love, I think there's what I kind of like to call like my bread and butter, the things that I really gravitate towards. So like with Ronin, I really love shawl collars. So, do I. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I really wanted on that one. I really wanted it to have a big shawl collar. And I also, really love wearing cardigans because I think they're easy to wear. Um, 
so yeah, I kind of just stick with what I love to wear. And then I try and think of fun plays I can do on those things. And, um, and it's interesting too, because even with shawls, a lot of times when I'm able to have the freedom of the, my shawl space, my blank canvas, and I get to try things out, that then gives me ideas that I can apply to the more rigid restrictions of a sweater, you know, mm-hmm. of a garment. So with Find Your Fade, I was like, I really want a faded sweater. And so pretty much I finished that. And then this winter I cast on the So Faded Sweaters and um, realized I could apply a similar design to my Spin Cycle Raglan, but have it be fingering weight and to fade it. And um, now I'm working on a faded cardigan. So it's just it kind of, it's, um, yeah, it just kind of evolves into these new things. That's Fun. very cool. Yeah. yeah. And it was such a, it seemed like a, a natural progression too. I mean, you're this fade that looked so beautiful that everybody loved so much and that's got to be in a sweater now. I mean, how can it not be yeah. in a sweater? So, <laughs> right. Doing... And how you both said, you know, you, you like to knit shawls, but you're definitely garment knitters. I think a lot of people feel that way. Like obviously a lot of people love to knit shawls, but I've had, I had quite a people comment on find your fade. I'm not a shawl knitter, but I love this. So I'm going to knit it. But I think a lot of people were really excited when the so faded sweater came out because they are more apt to wear a sweater and to want to knit a sweater. Yep. And I've already cast on the so faded sweater too. So that's a work in progress. And you said that you love shawl collars. That was what attracted me to Ronan. The first thing was like, Oh, look at this long drapey cardigan with that beautiful shawl collar. And Oh my gosh, (laughs) the pockets, the pockets. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That was it. I was hooked. Yeah. Good. Thank you. This is a difficult question. I don't even know if you can answer it at this point, but what is the next viral trend that you see for shawls or, or perhaps this one will be around for a little while because it hasn't been around that long yeah, the, yet. The fade I mean, kind the, of the faded yeah. and ombre look changing colors that, that hasn't been. And the big, that combined with the big size too. Yeah, that I think. too. That yeah. Too. Where will, where will the next fade and speckle trend go? Do you think? Yeah, I, I definitely think, um, especially speckles and things like that. I think those are around to stay for a while. It's interesting. I think when speckles kind of first started, a lot of people were like, I don't know about this, but people love them. They're just so fun. I so love I them and I'm very happy to hear that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. wanted to stick I around. Mean, they yes. are so fun to knit with. I've even, every time I teach, I get a lot, you know, I always have at least a couple of students that are like, you know, I just didn't think that that was going to be for me. And then a lot of times trying out a pattern, like find your fade, you realize that like every stitch you're like, Oh, Oh, Oh my gosh. Oh, so pretty. You know, you just can't help it. They're just beautiful. And dyers, I feel like are getting better and better at dyeing them. I agree. um, Yeah. It's like every skein's a work of art. Yes. (laughs) That's a good way to describe it. Yeah. Um, so I definitely think that's around to say it seems like the whole fade and gradient concept is definitely, I think, going to be around for a little bit. And I've noticed mystery knit alongs, I think, are gaining speed and I'm starting to see more of those pop up. And um, I think people really have fun with that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, and I just think shawls in general. I yeah. And I think new shapes um, is another yeah. one, too. I've noticed 
more and more people straying from our traditional shapes, like the triangle and Mm -hmm. really kind of trying more asymmetrical triangles or new shapes altogether that are really neat. Um, So yeah, I'm curious to see if there's going to be any new shapes that become like the shape that everyone wants to design that shape. So yeah, I don't know. I'm curious too. (laughs) Well, and speaking of shapes, I mean, your ohm and yoga shawls, not that the shape is unique so much, but the buttons and the buttonholes make that, make those garments so versatile. I mean, I watched your video with the different ways you can wear it and oh my goodness, it I, I hadn't been attracted to that big of a shawl until I saw all the things you could do with it. And then I thought, okay, now I'm probably going to need to knit one of these too. Yeah. So how did yeah. that inspiration strike? Yeah, I just wanted, it just, I loved that it's a rectangle. So like anybody can knit that, you know, it's a big scarf. Um, and I, that's with the ohm shawl too. I was like, this is such a fun place for people to then try out new things that they might not be used to knitting. So working from a chart, doing some color work, doing some texture. Um, And so there was the simplicity of it, but then the fact that you can wear it, I mean, in countless different ways. And so, yeah, I just wanted something really versatile. I've actually always been holding my breath like, oh, is somebody going to publish the next? version of this you know I've got my yoga shawl and my own shawl and I've got some ideas for more but I've always wondered if anybody else is going to kind of catch on to that one (laughs) (laughs) well I there's something interesting about those two also because I didn't even realize that there were the buttons and buttonholes to make that into something more than quote just a rectangular shawl unquote and I don't want to say just because that doesn't give it the weight it deserves, but I didn't realize I'm not that creative of a person in general. I can knit really well from a pattern, but I'm not the creative type. So I see a rectangle and I don't instantly think, oh, I can do this and I can do this and I can do this. So seeing you do it was like, oh my goodness. So those two patterns specifically, I would encourage people to go look at the pattern pages because you see, you know, the main pattern picture on Ravelry or whatever, and you don't get the full impact of what those garments are. I agree. Mm-hmm. I had the same thought when I saw the buttons and the buttonholes and the way that you could change it up. Too. I was like, oh, yeah. now I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah I was like yeah. versatile. Yeah, it's really fun. Yeah, I always like versatile shawls that you can wear a couple ways. Yeah, it's and yeah, I also was thinking, how fun would it be to do? I think you did this on at least one of the designs too, like a mix of different buttons and not all the same buttons. Oh so yeah, that could yeah. be super fun for people who have like vintage button collections yeah. and things like that. You know, it just opens up another way to make yours unique and special and. Yeah, and you need like 20 buttons, so you might as well mix them up. (laughs) Exactly. Lots of buttons. I was looking at it, and I was thinking, okay, now I really want to knit one of those, but do I really want to sew on 20 buttons? (laughs) Yeah, that part's a little act of love. (laughs) (laughs) But you could just do that over time. You don't have to do it all in the same day, so... Yeah. Or if you don't have any, if you're going to your knit night and you don't have any easy knits to bring, that's a great... So on your buttons while chatting. Right. <laughs> like weaving in ends, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I also wanted to go back to the one thing you said a few minutes ago about speckled yarn and how every stitch is like its own adventure. 
Yeah. The, one of the colorways I used in my For Your Fade is a Western Sky Knits color dyed by our friend Heather called Boysenberry. And it is a natural background with all sorts of speckles and purples and blues and pinks. And every once in a while, there's even a speck of yellow. And oh, it was gorgeous. so much fun to knit it because just all of a sudden, randomly, oh my gosh, that's a yellow yeah. stitch in the middle Where of everything. How from? fun is that? <laughs> so I completely understand what you mean. It's seriously, there's no boredom at all. Even, yeah. even if you were just knitting garter stitch. you know, Absolutely. It's yep. not boring because there's so much color chaos kind of going on in a good way. Yeah. Yep. It's very fun. <laughs> well, and the thing that I love is that designers are finding new ways to use the speckled yarns when combined with non-speckled yarns, yes. just traditional yeah. dyed yarns. Yep. It brings a whole new life to it. And there are a lot of sweaters and a lot of shawls that are mix and match and Everybody's got the single skein, so it's just really fun to pick and choose. Yeah, I just, yeah let those worlds collide. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just recently finished a shawl called Color Field by Kemper Ray that was stripes of speckled yarn and a tonal, almost solid yarn. And oh my goodness, it's, the contrast is, just makes me so happy. It's just such a beautiful combination. It's a serious work of art when you see those different combinations of hand dyed yarns all put together it just makes me so happy on so many levels yeah and I think it's great for people who maybe are still a little nervous about using a speckled or a variegated yarn when you combine it with a neutral that you feel more comfortable with then it's kind of like easing yourself in a little bit especially if you use something like two color brioche or any of those other techniques that really breaks it up and yeah. makes it really brings those kind of intense colors down a notch. And so they might also be a little more wearable for, you know, people's everyday wardrobes if they're not used to those kinds of things. That's yeah. a very good point. Yeah. And speaking of everyday wardrobes, do you wear shawls regularly? In your, in every your day. Really? You do. That's awesome. Yeah, I would say pretty much every day. Yep. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I try to, yeah. too. Yeah. We're in the midst of a heat wave here that's been going on for three or four days now. So obviously I'm not today. Right. But most days in Santa Cruz in the mornings, you can wear something, a, a little extra layer in the mornings, especially if it's a foggy morning. Yeah. Well, and like here, it's, you know, it, we've had some heat too. It's been in the 90s. But then you go in anywhere and it's freezing because the AC is so high. So mm. I always find that a shawl is just something that's so easy to bring with me. I can shove it into my bag if I yes. am too hot to wear it outside. <laughs> and then I've got it when I go into a grocery store or, you know, anywhere else where all of a sudden you feel like you're walking through the frozen food aisle constantly. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, it makes it so hard to dress because we just over air condition everything. So yeah, I always keep one with me. Yeah. I've been trying to embrace that more. I'm not the best about wearing all of my hand knits, and I have so many. And I've just recently started to think of my finished objects as part of my yarn stash. And it's yeah. not just my stash that I love, it's my finished objects that I love also. Right. So I'm trying to wear one a day when the weather permits. So, yeah, it's that's always. That's always kind of been my thought is I try to wear one hand knit every day. And I also think 
a lot of us, we do stash things away. We buy this beautiful skein and it, we're almost too afraid to use it. Mm-hmm. Yes. If we know we'll wear it, then you'll want to use it. It's like, don't let that disappear at the bottom of your stash where you'll never get to like have that joy from it anymore. Like it's so much better if we can knit it and then wear it and enjoy it all the time. Um, so yeah, I'm a, I'm a big knit with your favorites. <laughs> I, but I do that. So I, knit, perfect. I knit the perfect thing and then I don't want to wear it because I'm afraid I'm going to spill something on it. <laughs> so for me, it continues beyond just the yarn. Then it's the finished object that I've yeah. now also put all of my time and energy into it. So what if I ruin it by snagging it or spilling on it? I'm, I'm getting over that. But I yeah. have a really bad habit of some of my hand knits. That's the reason I don't wear them is because I'm afraid to hurt them, which is just silly. Yeah. Silly. No, I understand that. I used to feel that way. And you know what? It's, it's so weird. But one of the things that got me to be like, you know what? I'm going to use my stuff. And if it gets ruined, it just shows how much I loved it because I wore it to pieces. And I actually started with my cookbooks. I used to hate if they got a drip or anything, you know, I wanted to keep them pristine. And I actually stopped doing that. And now I write in my cookbooks. So anything that I change or a note, like, oh, we loved this, but I did this. I now write all throughout them because I realized when they are a little crinkly and written in, I love them even more because it shows, wow, I really loved this. Yeah, I I would agree. That's very sweet. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I have a cookie cookbook that I have worked my way through over the years. And I do the same. I've got my notations in it, what I've changed. I've written on the recipes that I've tried that we've liked. I've written on the recipes that I've tried that I haven't liked. And it's just great to go back because especially since it is a cookie book, you go into it and it'll have maybe five different recipes for the same type of cookie, then you know exactly which ones you've used, what you've tried. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And if you think about your hand knits too, if you do wear something out or ruin it, you now have an excuse to knit more. <laughs> I, I was thinking that as you were saying, it shows that you loved it because you wore it to pieces. And I thought, and then you can knit another one. Exactly. 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 It's like, ooh, now that yarn, that special skein I bought is totally justified because I need to replace what I already wore to pieces. So. Right. More, yarn, more justification for yarn purchases. I love it. Well, yeah. and like I always say, there's always more yarn. Yeah. yeah. There's there always is. more yarn. That's true. Yep. But what if the spec? What if the indie design? What if the indie dyer stop making speckled yarns? I know that's <laughs> that would be bad. But you know what I've also realized is when you save all your favorites, they don't and they don't ever stop making new, even more amazing things. And so I found when I was kind of hoarding my favorites for that perfect project. Then by the time a perfect project comes along, there's something new I'm obsessed with and want to try or want to get. And so then that old favorite kind of just gets put to the wayside. So you've got to use it now because they're going to keep creating really beautiful, amazing things. And if we're going to keep up with them, we've got to knit this stuff so we're ready for the new stuff. Right. (laughs) That's true. And not only that, but my favorites change sometimes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We evolve with them. Yeah. Yeah. The things Definitely. that I've hoarded, then I look back on them sometimes and think, oh, why didn't why I just did knit that when I, you know, was interested in it? So Yeah, yeah. Okay, so here's a question. What is your favorite shawl, at least currently, and why? 
Yeah. So it depends on the weather. Um, but I have two that I gravitate towards that I just, I, I don't think I would look at my collection and go, those are my favorites. But if I look at what I tend to wear the most, it's definitely my range shawl in the winter because it is so warm. It's so easy to wear. It's very neutral. Um, and it's a really fun knit. That was actually one of my first explorations into kind of fading from one color to the next, Uh but I did it using brioche and, um, a tweed stitch. Mm. So that's kind of my winter pick. And then in, it seems like whenever I travel, I grab my brioche luscious shawl. And that one was one of those shawls where like every speckle filled me with joy. Like I just mm-hmm. love knitting that shawl and it's so easy to wear and it's a great pop of color no matter what I'm wearing. Yeah. So it's bright. It's kind of like a mustard yellow and um, light and dark turquoises, Ooh. but it just works with like everything in my wardrobe. Um, so that is one of my constant go-tos and it's a showstopper. Like people are always like, Oh my gosh, because it, it has beautiful. beautiful brioche knit on applied border. Um, so that's, yeah, those two seem to be my, I'm always grabbing them. Nice. Okay. So that sounds like a challenge cause I haven't knit brioche yet. I haven't tried it. <laughs> oh, so. you have to knit brioche. It's so fun. That's what, see, that's one of the, the hot right now things too. Speckled yeah. yarn and brioche knit yeah. stuff. So yeah. Brioche is so fun. Once you brioche, you'll never go back. <laughs> <laughs> really? Okay. <laughs> I've tried brioche once a long time ago, many years ago, before the current brioche phase yeah. or trend or popularity, I guess. And I never really, well, I never knit a garment with it. I think I did a swatch. I don't even know where my swatch is anymore. So yeah, if I want to try it, I'll need to relearn all those skills. <laughs> yeah. And I do, I think it's a really great thing to take a class for, um, because it's helpful to have somebody teach you hands on. And, but you know, if you can knit, purl, yarn over and slip a stitch, then you can brioche. Yeah. Uh, and I also think two color brioche is actually easier to learn than one color. Okay. Oh, because you can see. Yeah, which yeah. it really shows. It and... shows you like the anatomy of your stitches yeah. a lot easier. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, it's so fun. It really is. <laughs> okay, so brioche might be next on the on the things to learn. On the learning list. Exactly. Yeah. I haven't yeah. learned a new yeah. skill in a really long time. So oh, time. yeah. Then it's time. Yeah. You have to brioche. It's so squishy. Like, I crave it. I crave knitting it. Oh, really? Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I always have something brioche on my needles. Yeah. Ronin has brioche. That shawl collar is brioche. I thought so because when I was reading the description and stuff, I saw that and I had a little red flag of, oh, that means you're going to have to learn something new. But then I just, yeah. I chose not to pay attention to that because I like the sweater <laughs> so much. So yeah. yeah. So I have to yeah. start with something smaller than a whole sweater shawl collar. So I have to, now is it brioche a luscious or brioche alicious? Brioche a luscious is oh. the one I wear all the time. Okay. Brioche alicious was actually my first brioche design that I published. And it's great. That's a really, um, that's a really popular one because it's very wearable. Um, that's a, and it's a great introduction to brioche. Okay. okay yeah. Good to know. Exactly. 
<laughs> and what about your sweaters? Which which sweater That's is your exactly favorite? That's exactly what I was going to ask. Yeah. So I, it tends to kind of be whatever I've most recently knit. Um, but all, And what I have around. So like Ronan is now traveling for a year in trunk shows, so oh, I don't okay. have it. Um, so right now my most worn is probably so faded. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which yeah. One? it's lightweight. It's really easy to wear. Um, and my daughter, I made my daughter a matching one. So. Oh, nice. <laughs> and which one do you wear the most, the shorter one or the longer one? Uh, I wear them both interchangeably. It kind of depends on what else I'm wearing. If I just want a sweater on, I wear the longer one. But if I'm wearing an outfit, I tend to go for the cropped one when I want to kind of be more dressed up. I can see that. Yeah. Especially depending yeah. on what you're wearing it with. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Because yeah. I haven't decided yet how long I'm going to make mine. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's the joy of yeah. top down. You don't have to decide. Right. It really, yeah, <laughs> well, you have to sleeves, decide eventually. A lot of people are even doing short sleeves. So they're ending the garter um, shoulder cap. They're ending it right after that for short sleeves. And that's been really cute too. Yeah. It is super cute. Yeah. I like short sleeve sweaters. They're yeah, fun. too. So you obviously wear your own designs a lot and get a lot of joy out of wearing your own designs. Do yeah. you design specifically for yourself? Do you design yeah. things that you like to wear? Yeah, I'm a total selfish knitter. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I, I am. You know, I just, I also believe very strongly that if you're designing what you love, your heart's in your work and other people see that. And so, and they tend to accept it and also find joy in it. I think if you try to design for what's trendy, you're always going to be behind because unless you have a, you know, crystal ball and you can see these trends coming, that it's hard to keep up with what's trendy. So I think if we just knit what we love, it, it works out really well. So I always try to just stick to that rule. Um, yeah. Good for you. And I don't even think it's selfish knitting. I think that if you're going to knit for a career, you should enjoy what you're knitting. Otherwise, you're not yeah. going to enjoy knitting anymore. Right. And then I think you can see that. You know, I think if you kind of try and rush through and you're just trying to knit something that's not bringing you joy, then it's going to look like that at the end. Yeah, I think you're right. I think all yeah. of my favorite designers, you all have that commonality that you can tell that you love what you're designing. You can tell that it is something that you wear in your regular yeah. everyday life. And it's not something that someone commissioned you to create for their requirements. I would yeah. agree. Yep. So that again, is just another thing that I appreciate about indie designers is that a lot of indie designers choose to knit that way and design that way instead of per a set of requirements. Yeah, I think a question I get a lot is, you know, you seem to be so prolific. How do you come out with all these patterns, especially with young kids? And I think when you're so excited about what you're knitting that you can't wait for it to be done so you can see it and wear it. <laughs> and it's just like, you know, if I have a free minute, I am knitting. And if it's something I love, then I'm knitting so fast because I'm like, oh, I just can't wait to see it. So, yeah. <laughs> That's great. I hope you always feel that way about your knitting and your designing. Thank you. Thank you. And I just want to mention, too, that, joy that you have in your designs and that love of knitting I really see that in your Instagram posts oh, for, yeah for those who don't know Andrea let's see her Instagram name is Drea, Ray, Drea Renee Knits on Instagram and you're quite a prolific Instagram poster 
you have 2,300 photos. (laughs) (laughs) And you also have 42,000 followers. Ooh, nice. So you've got a lot of folks. And so probably a lot of our listeners have seen your photos, but they're when I look through your photos, I really do feel that joy that you get from your designs, that joy that you get from yarn, that love that you have for knitting and for your family. You're very generous and you post a lot of photos of your family, your husband, your kids. And a lot of people are, are hesitant to do that, but you don't seem to be. And you're just out there and that joy and that love really shows through. And I think that's quite lovely. Well, thank you. That really means a lot. I really appreciate that. And I know that a lot of our favorite knitters would say the same thing just because we've seen what they've knit of yours and the joy it's inspired in their knitting as well. So thank you for sharing that with all of us knitters around the world. Yes. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. And thank you so much for talking with us today. It was such a pleasure to chat with you for a little while. And I so enjoyed knitting for your fade and I'm really enjoying knitting so faded. And now I'm going to take up the challenge of brioche. So that I can get thrown in this this winter when it gets a little bit cooler out. I have not started my free your fade, but I do have the pattern and I know that I want to knit it. It's just I'm in that phase where I still have the yarns and the skeins and I rearrange them every time. That's part of the fun of these projects. Oh my gosh. The fun like swatching for so faded. I just had this it has to be perfect moment. And I actually ordered a skein of yarn from our friend Kim of Western Sky Knits. And I just had to have this perfect color to break up the other two. And it worked so well. I was so amazed that I ordered (laughs) it from a picture on the computer and it worked out exactly like I wanted it to. So I have this from dark gray to light gray to turquoise fade. Oh, beautiful. It makes me so happy. Yeah. Yay! (laughs) So before we leave, you mentioned that you had a cardigan possibly in the works. Is there anything else you want to share with our listeners about what we can expect to see from you in the next few months? Yeah, I have some really fun collaborations that will be popping up uh, throughout the fall and winter, um, some fun publications and things I'll be in. And then um, I'll still continue on with my independent releases too. So yeah, there's going to be a faded cardigan and some new shawls, of course. (laughs) Um, So yeah, yeah, there will be plenty of patterns coming out um, in the next few months. How exciting. Yeah, very very exciting. exciting. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We're looking forward to it, Andrea. Yes. Thank you. Okay, well, thank you again for bringing us that joyful presence for the last hour or so. It's just been such a pleasure from the sound of your voice to all the things that you've said. It's just been a real pleasure. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's been wonderful. We've really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. And thank you to all our listeners for joining us. Happy knitting. Happy knitting. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Bye. You can find our podcast on iTunes at Yarniacs Podcast. Visit our blog with show notes at yarniacs.com. We have a friendly and engaging Yarniacs podcast Ravelry group. My Ravelry name is Knitter Ninja Shar. Gail's is Gailey Whaley. 
You can follow us on Twitter at Yarniacs or on Instagram at Yarniac and at Gailey Whaley.